I know, but yeah, it'll be so welcome to the postcast where we talk post-cast. further about this. Joining us in the postcast is, of course, Adam and Brittany Black. So thoughts on that, guys? Yes, I I tugged because so <laughs> so one is is you know you talk about Grand Theft Auto a lot, and I am an adult who has played and still does play that game. He's convicted, ladies and gentlemen. And, Let's move on. Uh, no, there is a very interesting thing that has happened, and you, you guys said it in the in the context of why are video games, you know, more stimulating than books and certain things. And I was thinking about this because I, I love reading and I love video games, but a book, the story's written for you, and in a video game, you write the story. That's a good point. And so, in a game like Grand Theft Auto, I I, I can't remember when the first one came out, but it was I was younger. I mean, I was like. 10, maybe when the first one came out. And in that context of that game, it literally was, you're boosting cars, you're you're in a crime, you're boosting cars, and then you have to deliver the cars, and that's it. Then the game progressed into what it is today, which can be terrible. Like, it's an, it's got awful properties in the game. But what happened to me in that development, because I wasn't raised in church or anything, my parents had no care whatsoever that I played that game, is I found that as I progressed, I did not like doing the terrible things in that game. Because as it progressed, I liked driving the cars. Right. And so then that turned into, hey, I like cars. And I went to school for cars. Right. And then it became, hey, I like doing the races and all these things. So something different came out of something terrible for me. Right. Which I think is an interesting thing. Because... In that regard, yeah, we're talking about Grand Theft Auto being a bad game, but at what point do we say that some of the other games were bad too, based off of the context, like right. like original Contra, yeah, or things like that? Like you're still killing people, yeah, yeah. You know, no, it, I think there's I think there's really important points in that statement. Of course, two guys talking about video games. That's what's going to happen. Right. Brittany's either going to chime in, or no women are going to talk. A Sarah doesn't nah, play I this stuff. I don't play but, video games. I am completely unaware of what they really look like today. Right. I right. just yeah. Right. I I can't really speak a lot about the environment of video gaming. Yeah. yeah. Just and just right so now, everybody knows, really. she's not Amish. She she knows. <laughs> no, I just, I'm not interested in it. No. Moment, yeah. hand eye coordination is terrible, so right. I just never right. say video games. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. But I, I, two things that I observe inside of that, um, story creation that's a big piece of this, yeah. But that is a later advent of games. So, when, yes. when, when video games first started, right, you're, you're playing Asteroid, there's no story at all. Okay, and so and and if you did, it was that Commodore sixty four wa- right. Oregon Trail thing. Yeah. And yes, there was a storyline, but there was a clear set of parameters on the story. You could choose A, B, C, or D, right? Whatever scenario, and and it always had the same. It's like a bad magician trick, right? right, right. It, it's just a way of thinking you're free, but you you're gonna get to the same result. Um, but. So story creation is altogether different. Yes. Now, it's easy to jump, uh, sit in a place of mater- moral superiority and say, oh, that game is horrible, but I don't tell anybody that, that I played Mortal Kombat and as soon as we could get the blood code, we were happy yeah. as, as larks, right? right? I mean, we were kids who did what we... We were kids who did what we weren't supposed to do as well, right. just like anybody else. Right. Um, and so, I, yeah, I, th- I, don't think, I don't think we talk about this as, 
you know, that game's the, the worst game ever, and somehow uh, shooting people in Contra, ripping people's heads off in Mortal Kombat is, is wholesome. Rather to say that um, even if story creation is what you're about and what you love, at some point you have to you have to say no to the things of the world. As a Christian, at some point you go, okay, I'm done celebrating that nonsense. As you just said, you're like, I, I get tired of that stuff in the game, so I found that I like the cars more. Well, there's a thousand racing games. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. Now, who knows? They've got inappropriate women pictures and all. Right. It's hard to get there with that's video why games. You have to be diligent. You have right. to be it's diligent. Everywhere. It is. So that's really challenging. Thoughts on video games, though? I mean, well, from what I've seen, and you know, being friends with majority of men that play the game, that I have seen that a lot of times they get on literally to talk to each other. And okay. I think that it's been good in a way that they're building relationships together, but it's also handicapping in a way because they won't then leave their house and go to someone else, someone else's house. Right. It's so much right. easier to be like, I'm going to stay at my house, I'm going to play my game, I'll talk to you on the headset, but... Well, it's funny though, because of, <laughs> so in the modern day world of, you know, inter of electronic entertainment games, you can't play multiplayer at your home anymore. They don't yeah, they allow don't, it. They don't do so it. So you can't Explain. plug you can't plug in two controllers to your system yeah. and play multiplayer. Oh, um, so you have to do online multiplayer yeah. is yeah. what you're really? saying. So, so basically what happens is that like and if you want your friends to come over, they have to bring a TV yeah. and their Xbox to play. Oh wow. And then you have to play online. Yeah. And that's that's the majority. Well it's of, it's marketing genius though, because yeah. now yeah, everyone, everyone has, has to have their own system yeah. versus me and my brother have our system and we play together. Right. You know, I mean, right. it went from four controllers on each system to now apparently right. you have to play online. Yeah, the, the whole the whole dynamic of games has changed, but like I also think too that there's a there's a weird disassociation that happens with I think on the parent side of things where the games that we knew growing up was like comical in the sense of how it looked. The action might be a terrible action, but because it's 8-bit graphics, it's like, well, that's funny. Not realistic. And now today, with the graphics being so real, we're like, oh, shoot. Like, that's yeah. that's too much. And I, and I have to think, even growing up in a household that, you know, wasn't a Christian household, if I was to play the same type of game with those type of graphics today, I would have been scolded and been like, this is yeah. unacceptable. Right. There would have been a lot. But that's why I think it's kind of funny that we... We once we see it look more real, we have a problem with then it. Then we throw a fit about it, yeah. But like you know, if we're talking about the moral side of it, like either way, it's all it's all technically the yeah. same thing. Well, the, and this brings up a really important thing: if if graphic content alone was the was the gauge, graphic content alone was the gauge to where your kids could not do this because of graphic content. We all have to admit you'd have to ban the Bible. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The Bible itself is oh, it extremely explicit. Here's yeah. where the guarding your heart piece matters. I have I have parents ask me this all the time, especially parents of young kids. They're like, they're like, should I be teaching my kids every story in the Bible? Mm -hmm. And my response is the same. My response is eventually yes. Right. Yeah. But not right now. Right. You do not need to teach a five, six-year-old, seven-year-old little kid, the story of David and Bathsheba right. in detail. Right. Otherwise, they're going to be asking questions that, to be honest, 
they need to wait to ask. There needs to be a level of maturity. Or go through First and Second Kings or Chronicles or, or right. any of this. Right? It, these are these are important stories in the in the timeline of human history and God's faithfulness. They're important stories, but not for a seven year old. Right. Not always. Right. right? Yeah. So, I just believe in being an equal opportunity uh, enforcer here, and that is. If I'm not going to read that story to my kid, I'm also not going to let them play the video game that allows that to happen. 8-bit graphics or what it is today. I'm not going to do that. And this is what's funny. When I was a kid playing video games, I thought it was a it this was a stupid conversation. Mm-hmm. It yeah. A parents telling their kids no, that's just nitpicky oppressive nonsense. Oh, yeah, Sam. And then She's, guess what? I have four little girls yeah. and all of a sudden I am looking behind every bush. Yeah. Not because I don't trust God, but because I realize there were some of those things that screwed me up. It right. really right. caused me to go down yeah. a bad path. Yeah. Sam said. Well, Sam says to me a lot, all you ever say is no. (laughs) Like, well, you keep asking me questions that the answer is no to. I can't help that. If you think, just pause for a second. Think about the question you want to ask me. (laughs) Most of the time you can answer it before you even ask. So her, uh, her, um, response to that is to just not ask and to go do it anyway. Right. Like, no, that's I not what that. I meant. <laughs> now if you know the answer that I'm going to give you is no, then just don't do it. Uh, so, but yeah, so yeah. just speaking to the whole having to say yes. no a lot uh, and kids, they don't want to hear no. Right. Of course not. Right. Um, you you know, know, Sam is this past summer decided to follow Christ. Mm-hmm. She, um, you guys were there. She got baptized. Yeah, she got baptized. Epic. So my my teaching with Sam has changed a little bit to, uh, well, I should say it's it's changed from general things, how to be nice, how to be kind or whatever, to the Bible says that when you, you know, as a Christian, mm-hmm. we are to love our enemies and do all these things. Those, my, my, my language has changed slightly with her when I'm teaching her about how to behave and how to treat others and how to think. So right now my issue is teaching her to not be sneaky. (laughs) Yes, because she's, she's a master. She's very good at it. She, she wants what she wants. Let me skip to movies for just a second. And cause I want to, I want to kind of briefly share an idea or a philosophy on how I am parenting my kids. Um, personally, and I, and I know that Sarah agrees with this, but uh, how I'm personally doing it is that um, it, imagine you were a 16-year-old kid again and you wanted to go see, your friends wanted to go see Braveheart. They wanted to go see the rated R movie, you know, whatever. And there's nothing wrong with you, right? I, I loved it when the passion was rated R, <laughs> right? It's right. like, aha. Uh-huh. Anyway, so the point is you your friends wanted to go see Braveheart. You're ready to go see Braveheart. What would you What would you feel like if your mom or dad stepped in the room and said, "You're not allowed to watch rated R movies"? It's stupid. You would feel it's stupid. You would feel embarrassed. You'd be yeah. like mortified. Okay, that this was the case. I don't want to be that dad. Right. But I have a plan on how not to be that dad. You cannot be that dad by just not being that dad. When they turn sixteen, when they turn six, you can just let them do whatever they want. I don't believe that's a right way to do it. Mm-hmm. 
My philosophy is that I would rather be extremely hard on them, and I don't mean abusive, but hard on them strict. now, strict. strict, teaching them why this is not good, why they yeah. can't do it, why they're not, so that, so that my heart jumps for joy when they're 16, when their friends go, I want to watch this, and their response is, I don't want to. Do you really want to do that? Because it just seems stupid. Right. That will make a dad's heart glad. Yes. And, and it's their decision, right. Right? right? It saves me embarrassing my teenager, and it saves me going, I'm the morality for my teenager. I don't want to be, I'm, I'm bad at my morality, right? Like, I'm not saying that I'm that. I'm saying that, like, I've got enough to think about with me keeping me in check and honoring Jesus with my life that I want to just cultivate their heart in such a way early so that when they're 16, they go, I don't want to. Right. That nothing would make my heart happier. Mm -hmm. Right. But that means right now I have to be the bad cop, which leads me to one other piece. And that is in a household, husbands and fathers, dad, suck it up. You're the bad cop. Right. <laughs> you must be that guy. Right? right. Don't push it off on your wife. That is your job. Like if somebody's going to be hated, fine let them hate you but stand for what is right right, right. that's important mm. um so movies are such a big deal but i i want my girls to just i want them to choose right right i think that's what well, also so so not having kids i can speak from me being a kid um you know <laughs> there was there were so many movies that i saw when i was young that have like, traumatized me you know like when i watched like i saw like freddy krueger you know, Nightmare on Elm Street or that. Like, I was like, six? Like, that messed me up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. And so, like, that's one of those things where it's like, I really wish my parents would have been like, of course, don't watch that yeah. one. But no, they were like, hey, go for it. Yeah. Like, yeah. my dad thought it'd be funny, you know? Right, right. And it's like, it's like, th that's the difference, though, right there. But then on the same side of it, it's funny as an adult now, because watching so many movies as a kid, regardless if they're appropriate for me or not, developed a love for cinema for me. Of course. So so now when I watch movies like that, I don't watch it for what's happening, but how they made right. it. And yet at the same time with that, that has to be, we have to be very careful with that because that becomes a common Christian cop-out, yeah. which says, you know, well, I'm watching, I'm watching pornography for the cinematography. You are not, right? We know that that's nonsense when it comes to pornography, and yet we'll make that excuse when it comes to, you know, maybe graphic violence or something like that. I mean, we just, we've got to be careful not to be hypocrites. We've got the leaven of the Pharisees, right? We got to make sure that we're doing that right. So that's yeah, and I, I think that's definitely one of the things where it's like for me talking about that is. Yeah, I might have seen it and studied what's happening, but I'm I don't want to make this and I don't want to partake in this. It still bothers me yeah. to this day. Absolutely. Um, you know, but it's one of those things where it's just like that's what we all have to do for each other of saying, This is probably not good for you. Not it's just not good. And we need to all say, you know, yeah. hold each other accountable to that. I think with that you bring up what would you do in this scenario when your child is sixteen and you've trained them right, but they go, Yeah, I wanna watch the movie. I don't believe a dad, when they come back from the movie, looks at them and goes, that was the stupidest thing you've ever done. I think the dad looks at him and goes, was it worth it? Did you yeah. learn something? Right. right. Even if you're not trying to jump into schoolmaster mode, you, you look at them and you go, so, 
what was your moral radar saying? Like, right. what was your response? Yeah. That I think this is what God is training us to in sanctification, yeah. where it is God in Christ Jesus. There is therefore no condemnation. Okay, that is to say, we do all kinds of dumb stuff mm -hmm. still in Christ. Yet He doesn't go. You know what is wrong right. with you? Instead, He's going. Was it worth it? Right. You know, and I, and that's I cool. Think that, to I me. think that's one of the funniest things though about getting older and everything though too is. You don't realize what is worth it until you've had so much time progress. Yes. So, like, for me, yeah, I was the cool kid that was able to watch whatever movies I wanted as a kid. But as somebody who can have a nightmare about it on a yearly basis, right. I'm sitting there going, oh, man, that's, that's, that that's not worth it. And <laughs> yeah. the older you get, the more you're like, I really regret doing these things when I was a kid. Yeah. And yeah. it's just one of those things you can tell a kid all day long that you might not like it right now. But, hey, this is going to follow you for the next 50 years, too. Yes, yes. And that's the hard part. Very much. Yeah. So, movies are of the devil. Is that what we're saying? <laughs> <laughs> like, no. You know, video games need to be burnt. Like, that. I don't think that's the approach, right? So, but, I uh, do think that they're, uh, you know... Back in the day when movies started becoming really popular and people would go to the theater and see whatever, you know, they would not show a toilet because that was considered... Yeah, first time in television history filthy. was Leave it to Beaver. Yeah, like, yeah. and whoa. now... For a toilet? For us, yeah. Yeah. sure, I'd probably let my kids watch Leave it to Beaver. That's pretty safe. Right. Yeah. right. Although it does have a toilet in it. Right, you better watch out. Uh, phenomenal you know, observation that we got to be careful that we don't go shifted, desensitized, and yeah. we just go back to less than what right. it is now. That, That's that was what I was yeah. getting to. At some huh. point, it's good. I mean, we don't think anything of a, of a toilet being inappropriate or right. immodest, and right. yet there was a time when that was. The, we have was an the emoticon case. that is a poop. Like, I, right. you get my point. Like, yes. I get that we laugh about this now, but it is a sign that we don't, there are things that we just laugh about now that we once before, because I don't have a moral judgment on that, but just we two once generations ago, that wasn't acceptable. Right. Right. That would right. not have been acceptable. Well, I think of the show I Love Lucy because there was so much controversy. Well, not controversy on this, but it was multiple shows. Um, they slept in separate beds. Yes. Yeah. And that was basically because it was inappropriate to have them sleep in the same bed. But couples That's back funny. then didn't yeah. sleep in separate beds. Yeah. They well, did. they did. And they, some did, well, some for, did. That, for birth control. That was that was birth control. Yeah. Right. Yes. So, it was common yeah. for them to have separate rooms. Right. And then, you know, they would share a room. But you're right on occasion. As far as film goes, the point the the point is, it was we're not, not going to show that on TV. Yeah, it wasn't a public. Right. It, it was not a public thing. Yeah. It was it was distasteful to show right. that in public. Yeah. See, but in, in like in Think my, of how in far my view, of like that. today though, I'm like, no, it's a very healthy thing to see a married couple be a married couple in a healthy sense of like they're just sitting in bed. Yeah. Like, and it's weird. It's, for me, it's weird to see them in separate bed because I think, oh, they're they don't love each other. Yeah. So it's it's of a course, it's a course. weird thing that has happened over the course of time where then it was no this is too bad to see them together and I was like I, I need to see them together. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's a cultural <laughs> thing too. And your upbringing. If you come from a family, uh, a broken family, any kind of any kind of divorce, any issue, you look at that and go, uh-oh. Right? You see problem on the horizon. Uh, or if it's togetherness, you go 
finally I can just kind of relax that right. they're not gonna you know everything's not gonna fall apart yeah um, so there how you are culturally wired yeah how and, I, you and my parents are divorced so right. I totally come from that, that it matters doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah that's crazy so I think uh, I think we could go on to um, I think we could go on to books and movies and all of those things uh, and find a thousand problems with any of them like you could be a bookworm and never socialize with people you could be a movie person and never know how to read <laughs> i'm just going extreme but what what are the pros about these though like uh, we've talked about imagination gets created i think that's an important thing but yeah. what what is good about giving our kids good entertainment let's leave off the bad well, stuff what's good about good entertainment? we need to also realize that <laughs> for me well that's it's a there's um long before there were was this mass entertainment of of all different kinds it's not like people had no entertainment kids used their imagination more mm -hmm. they made up their own games kids have been playing it's since the garden happened. of Eden. yeah um and so i have to look at it and go is it really necessary or is it just the status quo, and since everybody else is doing it, that's what's expected? Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of one of those things that's like, it's there now. Yeah. So they need to know how to do it. They need to know how to partake, how to not partake. But then also they need to know how to use it as a tool that can, can be, awesome. you know, moved into, like, the creative realm and also in how to glorify God in it and how to basically just, I mean, it's like, you know, the gun has been invented. So yeah, you can't, can't uninvent it. Like, right. right. So you, you, how do you use it properly? Right. And, and so yeah. now we are talking about, you know, usefulness, but I, I love your point, Brittany, because the big piece for me is, okay, we're not trying to eradicate yeah. forms of entertainment that we we think are less than reading a book versus watching yeah. a movie. I don't want to just wipe away movies. It's just like the, the advent of the car. I'm really glad because I go everywhere right. in a car now, right. right? I'm glad for movies because I like movies. I yeah. like watching them. They're entertaining. We're not trying to unravel that. We're not trying, but we do need to teach them how to balance it. Use yeah. it properly. You know, what is good? What is yeah. bad? What is, you know, no B movies because you just right. are just a sad person. <laughs> and also I think too, like, because they're going to interact with it at school. They're going to interact with it on billboards. They're going to interact with it. Literally, there is no way that we could ever. Yeah, you can't avoid it anymore. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, okay. and like for me personally, things that I have realized about myself now being you know, online since I was 14, yeah. you know, something that I was, you know, my space generation, that's, that's me. And so for me, it's like now being 27, I can go, okay, I know how to interact with media now, but having to learn myself, it would have been a lot greater if my parents would have been informed in any way that could have been like, this is, this is how you are probably going to process this. This is how you can set healthy boundaries. But because I didn't have that, now I've learned it, but now I feel like I can probably yeah. share that. Do you feel like you've had to unlearn certain things? I've, I've had to draw boundaries. 
okay. because I get highly frustrated. I've realized now I get highly frustrated when I'm overwhelmed or when I hear about people. Yeah. I draw conclusions about them and then I go, wait, I don't want to draw a conclusion. I would rather them, you know, I'm the type of person that's like, I hear that, you know, someone feels some way about something and I'm like, whoa. Right. But then right. I have to tell myself, okay, Brittany, it's better you don't know that about yes. that person yeah. so that you can have an honest interaction with them and not have filters. So it's obviously yeah. back to something Sarah said. There's there's the ability to have too much information. Absolutely. Other, right? yeah. So and, and that is one of the great drawbacks to social media. Yeah. We like we willingly put out every piece of our information yeah. except for the bad stuff of course but you know <laughs> some people put <laughs> everything on the yes. highlight reel those, highlight those reel. people i'm like oh wow okay so um but yeah so we either have the highlight reel or we have the i muted you a long time ago mm-hmm. right um so interesting that there's a time frame in all of this you we all came into social media at its advent it yeah. was brand new. Mm-hmm. Right. So training our children will be from what we learned. Yeah. Our parents uh, didn't have video no. games. Yeah. We came into video games and our parents were look were probably thinking, I don't even know what to do with this. Yeah. They have no folder for it, right? It's the same kind of the same thing for uh, the generation of social media and their parents, where they go, I don't even know what social media is. It's a new right. thing. What's right. what's Twitter, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? And they don't the Facebook as the yeah. as the generation says. So they don't know what it is. So how do you set healthy boundaries as a parent when you when something's brand new? That's a challenge. Understanding yeah. the intentions of what that device is for, or what that thing is for. The problem comes with the perversion of yeah. what things are for. Like, right. Facebook was intended to stay connected to your friends. It when you was, go to college. It yeah. was not intended to be a soapbox to preach whatever you're wanting to preach right. or put whatever dirty laundry out there in the world you want to put out there. Right. It was meant to stay connected. Right. But now we've taken this and said, no, this is my voice online. Yes. This, is, this is literally who I am rather than being like, hey, call me. That's yeah, the intention. It's become yeah. a main uh, stream for communication, whereas yeah. people right. used to visit with one another or c- even call each other on the telephone. Uh, and yeah. oh, psh, yeah. there was a time before that when the, you could you didn't even do that. Yeah. But um, you know, I'm from a generation. I don't know technically if we're in the same generation, but I'm 37, and so when I was a kid, <laughs> you know, when I was my children's age, mm-hmm. we didn't have internet. Right. Well, shoot, we didn't have cell phones. Right. Well, that, shoot. I mean, I remember when CDs became popular, and right. I was like, "Whoa!" Right. Music is on this tiny little shiny thing. Like, <laughs> wow. wow. You know, no more winding up the tape because you accidentally pulled it all out. You know, yep. and oh, you know, all this stuff. I mean, these are things that that yeah. my kids are. They don't know what a cassette tape is. Right. Right. But so even just all of this stuff and emailing and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was in high school when that really became yeah. more popular and people started using that on a regular basis. Right. <laughs> um, and so I guess I look at it differently. I, I think of it differently. It right. was, it I was almost an adult by the time that stuff really became um, common mainstream, place. common. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, I think it's also, I think you look at it in the sense of, hey, this is what this is. Okay, this is what we're doing now. People have been doing, like, you talk about music. People have been doing that. Here's an 8-track. Here's vinyl. Here's this. It's a progression of things. But then the, the, the messed up side of it comes when I get yelled at for not liking somebody's status. Yeah. I've, my, my own mother, I will throw her under the bus right now. My, my own mother will yell at me if I don't Sorry. Like, yeah. If I don't, if I don't like her statuses. And it's yeah. like, I love you, mom. Like, like that should be way more valuable than me liking something on Facebook. And I don't, I don't like anybody's status. Well, I mean, put I'm, that. I'm, a, I'm an equal opportunity not liker. Right. Put, <laughs> put, put that into a, put that into a absurd context so so we're having a conversation and every time somebody says something you go that was awesome that was awesome that was awesome imagine that conversation it would be so exhausting and so annoying but that's what social media has turned into so that whatever you say needs to be you want me to say that was awesome well i hate to bring it to you it wasn't that awesome Right. (laughs) Right, right you know what i'm saying um or we have the issue with social media now where your like is your endorsement of a thing. Not yeah. just that you liked yeah. an idea. Yeah. You either have to like and endorse the it. whole thing or stay away from it. We have the natural problems with this that come yeah. about, you know, that, yeah. that come, you know, that flow from it. But um, I just keep thinking about how we navigate the advent of things. So social media. What's the next thing? Right. Entertainment wise, mm-hmm. it's, virtu- it's scarier, honestly. Maybe it's virtual it's reality. Virtual, it is virtual yeah. reality, and that's what's like really scary is they're making this whole platform for kids and people to interact on a virtual scale. That now we're removing the um, not feeling like we're there element. Right. Now you put on some goggles, and I'm in the same room with you, right? And you actually feel that way, and it's terrifying. I don't, but <laughs> I don't think the kind of right approach is to get out the torches and the pitchforks right. already. Right. That's what it seems like we always do. We, yes. the, the advent of a new thing is met first with its critics. Terrible. Like, this will yeah. kill the world. Okay. Right. And I think critics need to remember this. There was never a golden age to anything. Right. right. There were always two little boys hurting each other with sticks. Cain and Abel. Right. right. <laughs> that, like, one kills the other. Guess what? They didn't watch a bad video game to get there. They didn't watch a bad movie. All of this came from sin. So the real issue is, no matter what we're talking about entertainment-wise, no matter what we're talking about, we have to, as Christians, from a Christian worldview, we have to analyze the sin component in it and then the redeemed expectation from it. That's the important thing. Too many people in this generation go, well, the golden age of records. So they, great. Right. The fact is, I like being able to skip through on my phone. Right. What? Yes, the quality might be different. I don't care. Right. Right. I want to. I want to listen. I love Alexa. I want yeah. her to sing me the song I want right now right. when I want it. I don't want to go have to get the record out. I'm not abandoning the golden age of squat. Right. I'm just enjoying. That I have, I'm I'm riding in the car now versus riding yeah. the horse around. Yeah, right. I'm in. Yeah, and, and I think I think we we as a society in general and as Christians too, we we really need to embrace what's happening. So like virtual reality, I said it's terrifying because it is terrifying, but at the same time, I love the fact that I've never even put one of those headsets on, 
But I love the fact that if I had a friend in another country, I could right. have a face-to-face with them. Fantastic. And it right. feel real. That's amazing to think that the world's getting smaller and we're able to we're able to live life differently now. But at the same time, like with any of the other things we're talking about, it's very easily um, perverted. Yes. And can go in a complete different direction that is harmful to our souls. And I think more than anything, what we're talking about is we need to fight for how much good comes out of this. Right. A conversation with people sitting, how much good there is face-to-face contact and how much good there is with encouraging others on, uh, hey, you're right down the street, let me come, let's go get a cup of coffee or something. That is far more valuable than any of the technology that we're putting out there, even though it's making our lives easier. It's, it's It's also making us more distant. And that's what we have to hold on to. And I think, like, what you could necessarily be terrified of or, like, intimidated by or whatever would be the fact that it's more easily to sin in it. Yeah. Than in previous. No doubt. So, like, it's it's a lot more accessible to sin. Granted, it does have its positives. It's... It's just a lot easier to have virtual reality because you're not physically doing it, but right. your brain is. Well, we saw a movie about it one time, yeah. a long time. There was a movie called Surrogate, and that's basically what it was about, is that they lived in a world where virtual reality was a thing. This is years ago. This was like 15 years yeah, ago. Yeah, it was. And um, they lived in a world where they put on their virtual reality, but when they put it on, they took control of like an Android robot. And they would go live their life as that person. And there was consequences. Like, they could get killed on the street and they'd have to take off their headset or whatever it is. But there was men being women. There was, you know, all these different things. And there was a complete abuse of it. And to me, that's the terrifying thing is how quickly it's going to get abused. Right, right. But that's also something that I can't control. But just, (laughs) I think just as anything else in life, you cannot judge... Um, the 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 value of a thing by its abuses. Correct. Otherwise, everything has a, a stick needs to be judged by its abuses. Somebody somewhere has beat somebody with a stick. Oh, right. All sticks are bad, right? So we've we've got to be we need to be thinkers in this respect. We often don't. Yes, it's easier to sin. Maybe we're able to look at things or you know do things that we could never do before. Um, this is why. The gospel is a heart issue. Right. This is why the gospel yeah. says, unless that thing inside of your chest, unless that brain that you have is renewed and changed and transformed, regenerated and, and different, unless that happens, we're going to argue about the new thing every time. Yeah. Right? So. Y'all would liken it to uh, gluttony. Mm-hmm. Food is good. Right. It is oh, necessary. Yes, it <laughs> it, it's necessary. It, you know, and it can be enjoyable. Right. But... When you love it, when you have it in excess, yes. when you live for it, um, it creates problems. You know, you become yeah. unhealthy, and then those create more problems. And yes. you know what I mean. So, too much of anything, no matter how good it was in the beginning, yeah. no matter how necessary it might actually be, the overuse of it, it can become perverted, Without and doubt. then it's not good anymore. Without doubt. Yeah. I think that's where um, I think I think again we're judging things we judge things by their extremes. So it's the it's where it goes that is the problem. We've got to be cautious on that, right? But getting control of it in the beginning. All of this, in my estimation, has to do with 
doing whatever you do in faith, trusting God. Mm -hmm. When it comes to your food, do you believe that God will give you your daily bread? Mm -hmm. If you don't, guess what you do? You hoard your food in your belly. (laughs) That's what I do. (laughs) I'm doing this intermittent fasting thing. It's 43 minutes past my time to start eating, and I'm about ready to eat all of McDonald's. You start gnawing on your fingers. (laughs) Right. But the the point, though, in all of this is do I trust God? Sexuality is the same thing. Not only do I trust God's order for sexuality, but in its quantity, right? Do... Can I abstain from sex for three hours? Yes, you can, right? right. People don't because they don't want to. Right. You see, right. you see where that's going. Well, anytime so all you of indulge this is yourself, a trust thing. It's like, a problem. God will provide for me. He has given me a wife. He has, you know, God will provide for me. Food, God will provide for me. He gives me, you know, my daily bread. Maybe there's, you know, an issue in your relationship or something going on. God will provide. Right. The, the either the heart condition for me to change and forgive, or their heart condition to forgive or to ask for repentance themselves. Right. How do you do? We trust God, and in media, that's what right, I was going to say. How do you correlate that with yeah. with entertainment? Does right. God give you your entertainment? That's what I'm saying. The overindulgence of anything yeah. is where you say God. I think I've taken it too. Okay, husbands sitting on the couch on their cell phone too much. I'm admitting. My problem, right? Husbands sitting on the couch with their cell phones too much. At some point, you have to not just heed the criticism of your wife or the the requests of your kids. At some point, you have to go, do I trust that God will give me joy right. without this thing in my hands? Yeah. And, and that's the question. Yep. I think that's where it comes to entertainment. Do I trust that God will allow me to have joy today, even if I don't get to watch a movie? And unplug time. And unrest and unplug. Or if I just yeah. watch a movie, will God give me the same amount of joy? When I read my yeah. Bible, will he give me? This yeah. is a, in all things, trust God issue. And we don't see it that way. Yeah. And therefore, we're just like, well, let's just argue about dumb stuff. You know, and so I think there's a problem there. Yeah. Because too many people don't give the answer to that question, and it is, yes, he will give you all those things in those those moments. Trust him. I think you have to go without it long enough to see that he will. I agree. Give him an opportunity to. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I think we'll leave it there. This has been the postcast. Thanks for listening. Somebody just walk up. Uh, Bye-bye.